Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny V. On this podcast, we chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. Today, I chat to children's author Rory H. Mather about his picture book, Vlad's Bad Breath. In 2021, he also has Love's Not Dead and Rory the Lion coming out. Enjoy this episode. Danny, Danny, thank you so much for having me back. And it's a joy to be back. And I believe you put a spell, a good spell, uh, on the journey of Boy Swallows Universe about two years ago. And um, I've never, ever forgotten uh, how kind and generous you were to have me on early on um, when Trent Dalton and the world of uh, literary fiction went, were pretty strange to each other. And uh, I was very touched that you took the time of day and I'm, and it's so cool that you took the time of day again. I feel like I'm part of the Words and Nerds family. You guys are so amazing and lovely and such a family of amazing literary lovers and creators and people who advocate. Oh, thanks so much for your questions engaging with the novel and for everything you're doing. I know the podcast is hugely, hugely loved, so um, you're a gem. I think it's awesome the work that you do you know, we're out there in this pool of, of like how many writers there are in this country and we're all trying to get our book to the surface. Podcasts like this enable us to do that and also to talk about our craft. Danny, you're a gift from heaven. I love that you're such a great supporter and advocate for not only kids' books but adult novels too. I love your interviews across the board. Kudos to you, Danny, for, uh, for getting everyone to relax so much that they open up and tell you such interesting things for the benefit of your listeners. So, <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Yeah, well That's done. That's so true. Oh my gosh, I just told you all these things that I've never talked about before. <laughs> I can we edit that bit out? I can do this. And I was just so comfortable that I was like, I'm all this stuff. It's a special knack. Who wouldn't want to celebrate this fabulous podcast? Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast, Rory H. Mather. How are you? Good, thanks, Danny. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Now, today we're here to chat about your picture book, Vlad's Bad Breath. Tell me about this. Give me an elevator pitch, this crazy book. Um, it's about a vampire that can't, doesn't brush his teeth because he can't see himself in the mirror. He gets a bit of help from his friends and all ends well. You can tell he's a vampire from the front cover. Very cute vampire, not a scary one. Yeah, no, I was um, I was actually very surprised by um, how bright the book came out when it, um, when I got the illustrations because although it's meant to be lighthearted in a picture book, I still expected it to be a little bit darker. Like you think of vampire, you think of um, like pale skin, maybe dark hair, and um, but yeah, it was, it, I was stunned and um, really impressed by what Hastings did with it. Yeah, that's really interesting. I always find that process of collaboration really interesting because it's a different type of collaboration. I mean, when I think of collaboration, I think you're sitting down, you're, you know, sharing ideas with each other, but sometimes in the publishing world, it's not like that. And you don't even meet the illustrator sometimes. What was your process? Um, so I've got seven books coming out over the next two years. And yeah. I've, I've, I've only spoken to um, one of the illustrators. So he asked the publisher whether I could speak with him over the phone to be able to gauge it what I was after with the um, book. And um, the rest of them I've done a couple of illustration notes and sometimes um, like a bit of a, with my, actually with most of them, I've, I've known who they were and I've been sort of 
a bit of a fan and so I'll write something, a bit of a spiel at the beginning of the manuscript and say, hey, I really love your work. Can't wait to see what you do with it. But I don't like to give them direction because I think at the end of the day, yeah, it's a 50-50 um, project and um, I'm really excited to see what people do with my work. Yeah, and it is with a picture book too because the, the images are just as important as the words and they often tell a story not only to complement but to fill in the gaps of the words as well. Yeah, no, definitely. I actually, I, th- I think um, the illustrations can sometimes be even more important than the words. Like there's so many subtleties in Vlad's Bad Breath that I would never have picked up on um, and that definitely weren't there in the text that um, Jesus has brought to life. And yeah, it just takes it to another whole nother level. Mm, it must be amazing. I mean, you're writing the words and imagine, you know, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, they're on a word document and it's just black and white. And then all of a sudden you get, like you said, this amazing book back with all these illustrations. So what happens then? Do you sort of speak to the publisher or the illustrator and say, should we do this or can we fix this up? Or what about this? What happens? What happens um, so with, with Vlad, um, we're actually with, with most of them, it's been, oh, with Vlad, I got um, given some character sketches. So a bit of a, um, got to decide whether we want him to have one style of hair or a different style of hair. Um, with others, it's just been, here's what our rough sketches are. Hope you like them. And I just tend to be, I try to be agreeable because um, at the end of the day, like it's, it's the publisher has so much more stake in it than I do to an extent. Like they're putting all the, um, it's their work as much as mine and it's the illustrator's work as well. So I just try to um, leave them to it. But with Vlad, I know I, once I'd um, seen the black and whites, I got a message from um, Mary Anastasia, I hope I pronounced that right, um, from Larrikin House. And she messaged me, it was about eight o'clock at night. She messaged me on um, Facebook Messenger and said, I got a surprise for you. And then she sent through um, the cold illustrations. And I wow. So I went for it must be a really good feeling and you're right i think you just have to need you have to put the publisher you have to trust the publisher because they're they know what they're doing you know they know what sells most of the time and who's going to buy it and they've they've got their ideas so yeah it is about collaboration and, and trusting others isn't it and hoping that your work then resonates with people through all these other people i guess yeah no definitely um yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I just, I know I've heard of a lot of, uh, a lot of authors and a lot of probably unpublished authors too. Um, when you, like I'm in a lot of critique groups and stuff, and you hear of a lot of people saying, "Oh, I'm, I'm nervous about giving up my work and um, letting someone else have their say in it." And some people are really, um, are really controlling with that, with, with it. So they, 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 they see that they're the author. They want to be. They're not the illustrator, but they want to um, have as much say as they can. And I'm just, I'm always excited to see what someone does, to be honest. Like I, I've, I've been really lucky with who I've had um, to work with so far, but um, uh, I've been so impressed with everything. And I've, I think, so today I actually received the black and whites for one of my other um, upcoming titles. And I think all up I've seen, um, actually I've seen all of them. I've seen all, all seven, so. Yeah, I've seen all seven um, in some form, whether it's just a few sketches or um, the complete coloured images. So, yeah. And I like, I've spoken to people before and it's about, you know, once your work is out there for people to read and you've published it and it's over as far as it 
can be according to the publisher. I know people sometimes say a piece of writing is never finished, but at some point, you know, when it's published, it's finished to a certain extent. You just have to, it no longer belongs to you. You know, it belongs to the reader and what they do with it and how they interpret it and how they see it through their context. So I think, especially with collaborations, it's about letting go, letting go, letting go until it's yeah. gone almost. Yeah. Isn't it? Well, yeah, well, it's funny you say that because like with Vlad's Bad Breath, it's been amazing watching people um, take on that brushing your teeth um, idea, but that was never my intention when I wrote it. I didn't write it thinking <laughs> not for of, dentists. Yeah. Well, no, not for dentists, not as a learning resource for parents um, with their kids. And it's been great that that's gone that way. Um, I'm stoked with it. Uh, and, but it wasn't really until it was well and truly into the publishing um, part of it that I realized it could be a resource like that. <laughs> I'll see it at the dentist next time I go. <laughs> hope so. I've been trying to get into dentists there. <laughs> you can get that free with your clean or something. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you didn't want, you know, cause you think with kids books, they're, they're fun and they're joyful, but sometimes they have these deeper meanings. So where did this idea arise for Vlad's bad breath? At what point did you think of the idea and go, yeah, this would make a, an interesting picture book. Like a lot of ideas that just come up randomly. Um, this one came about, I was at a, I used to be a part of uh, Rotaract, which is the youth version of Rotary. And what we used to do as a club would be one night a month, we would have a member talk about what they did for their day job. And um, that day we had uh, someone who was a dental practice manager. And so they decided to do their talk on dental hygiene. And I was just sitting there. I mean, it was, it was interesting. I'm not going to lie, but also it's about brushing your teeth. And I was like, oh yeah, mine a bit sort of drifting off a little bit. And um, then I started thinking, oh, there's not, there's not a whole lot of picture books on brushing your teeth. Like I, I do try to study um, picture books and what's not been done and what has been done and whatnot. And um, I couldn't think of any. So um, then I started thinking, well, how could you do that in a creative way that would be, make it stand out? And yeah, the vampire concept, the vampire of not being able to see themselves in the mirror. And when I just, uh, yeah, it came that night and the first draft was written that night. Pretty atrocious. Wow. <laughs> I'd hope so. Otherwise, you make every other person who writes look bad if your first draft was perfect. <laughs> yeah, and I took a lot of drafts and a lot of help from other people. And with, you know, vampires, obviously teeth are an important part of who a vampire is. But why did you choose vampires? And we've also got, um, you know, Frankenstein having a little bit of a cameo role in there or his mate Frank. Yeah. No, I just thought there would be... Um, a fun way of approaching the topic a bit, um, bit, bit more interesting than I guess just regular humans. But also I thought, you know, maybe if it did get published, it'd be popular around Halloween. And I used to work in um, public libraries and my, uh, my old boss used to love Halloween. So I think in the back of my mind, I was trying to figure out, figure out a, um, a good book that she might like. <laughs> yeah. So I love that. Did you do much research into vampires? I mean, we've got the teeth and we've got the, they can't see their reflection. Anything else you had to go research or was it just your, your comment? No, that was it. Like I, I, I figured that they probably live in somewhere like Transylvania. So hopefully <laughs> like a castle or a big manor or something. And um, a few bats around the place. So that's what I put. Um, <laughs> I also thought they probably wear capes. So I think I'm pretty sure when I, when I, uh, when I, when they asked for what I want in the illustrations, I said, oh, I think he'd have the cape. And um, yeah. live, in the, live in the manor. So I think he'd have a cape for sure. Yeah, and <laughs> he does have one. Yeah, yeah. So he's got, he's got his little cape and makes him kind of look a little bit. Um, well, on him, it's just playful. But like on the on the dark vampire, it could be a little bit more sinister. 
Yeah, absolutely. My favourite vampires are definitely those retro, um, the Lost Boys. I still love that film. I'm not sure I've seen that one, actually. Oh, you're probably too young, Rory. (laughs) Got to go get your 80s on and go to the original vampire. It's not the original vampire, really, but it's still a cool movie. I'll look at them after. (laughs) I'm sure you will. Get your retro on. (laughs) Now, I want to know your inspirations. I mean, you decided to write kids' books and you've got lots in the works, which we'll chat about in a moment. Who inspired you? What authors, illustrators inspired you as a writer or as a kid or as a reader? Um, I sort of rediscovered picture books as an adult when I was about probably 24, 25. I started working. I worked in public libraries for about uh, eight years at that stage. And I got a job working in the young people's team. And part of that job was delivering story time um, to the young kids and their parents um, twice a week. And so I hadn't looked at a picture book in about probably 15, 20 years before that. So yeah, I, I risk of them there and I very quickly realized that it was uh, something I wanted, wanted to do. And I, like, there's always like you find really good picture books, you find some which weren't potentially as good. Um, the, the, the authors that really um, stood out to me at the time were uh, Chrissy Krebs and Aaron Blavey. Mm-hmm. Um, Chrissy Krebs had this book, um, uh, Ah, mental bank. This is a circle, and yeah, this is a circle. I, I read that and I was like, "This is incredible" because it's it's rhyming, it's humour, um, but it's just so different. And Aaron Blaby, obviously, you know, he, he, only, he speaks for himself. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I was just blown away by the art form, and um, just obviously, I can't illustrate like both of those guys, but um, I thought I'd have a crack at the rhyme because I've always been writing rhyme. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, sort of happened I- organically. Yeah, and I love picture books and I love um, reading them as an adult and then reading them to kids of whatever age. I mean, I was a high school teacher for 17 years and I used to bring picture books into the year 12 classroom because I think there's so much you can take from a picture book and not just at face value, you know, particularly like you said with the illustrations and there's just so much more to a picture book than I think people might see. Yeah, well, I, I found when I was when I was in that role, every week we'd have a different theme. So I'd, I'd go and research a theme and see what books we had out in the collection to see what would work for that theme. And we try to get about six books on that theme. Um, and obviously a pretty big collection. So I was reading heaps and heaps of picture books and um, it was, it, it was bringing me pleasure. Like I was enjoying them, I think as much as the kids would. And it also became a bit of a, a challenge, like to find one that I could, I, I could enjoy the parents could enjoy and the kids could enjoy. And um, yeah, so yeah, I, I just love picture books. Like when I, the first story I ever wrote actually was with um, that older audience in mind. Like you mentioned the high school was the first story I ever wrote. And I don't think it'll ever come out because it's a bit dark um, was a, a twist on Hanson Gretel. Um, mm-hmm. It was called Hanson Gretel zombie siblings. And um, my, my idea behind that was just to find a, a story that was a little bit darker, but also simple, like under 500 words. And that, um, potentially kids with um, reading difficulties or who didn't like reading, like it'd be short enough that they can engage with it and then put it down. Like when I was growing up in primary school, particularly I wasn't a big reader and I was in um, learning support and stuff. So I thought, what would I have liked? And mm. yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think we do need to cater for all sorts of readers and you're particularly our reluctant readers because once you find the book or the books that speak to you, it can change your life. Yeah, definitely. Like for me, like for most people in my generation, it was Harry Potter. But um, yeah, like you, you rarely find me without a, a book in my bag. 
these days. So, and I think, um, yeah, I never go for a drive without a book and, you know, often whoever I'm traveling will be like, when we have time to read, like we're going straight there and we're doing this and we're doing that. I'm like, doesn't matter. There's yeah. like sometimes have you ever been out like this is only half a month or twice and you've got this downtime, you're waiting for people or, you know, there's a gap in between what you have to do and you have 20 minutes. Like, why didn't I bring a book? Like this there's is only terrible. so much scrolling you can do on your phone. That's right. So I always travel with a book now. And even if it remains untouched, I just feel better having it with me in the car. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> we were talking about dark picture books and, you know, I do think there's a place for them because, you know, you look at Sean Tan and his incredible success and mm. talent and his picture books tell so much and they teach so much, you know, about refugees or about, you know, depression. And so he really brings it out in the picture books. But I find particularly with something like the red tree, for example, you can look at it at face value or you can really dig deep and use it you know, to analyse as an English student or an English teacher. So I think there's, there is a place for all types of picture books for all types of ages, I think. You know, definitely. Like um, one of my favourite picture books of all time would be um, Siggy Cohen's uh, My Dead Bunny. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, when I, when I spotted that, I was, I was thrilled because it's, it's that, so it's dark humour that's not, it's for, it's for kids but not for the typical picture book age and it's definitely suited for adults too. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. James Foley is the author of that. And my daughter, she's sick. She loves, there's something weird about Lena. Yeah. Something weird about Lena. There's something weird about Lena. She just adores that book and we've read it so many times now and she's quite, quite a good reader. She'll now read it to me every night. (laughs) Has she spotted, um, has she spotted there's a little subtle cameo of Bunny Brad on each spread? She has analysed every page. And I, what's really great about it is that I don't even read it to her anymore. I just sit next to her or she reads it to me. And she, she picks out like, oh, look, I didn't see this on this page. So every time she opens it, she finds something new. And what I told you when we weren't recording is that she's not asleep yet. She should be. Um, but she came down into my studio and, and saw your book and said, can I take this upstairs? So she's currently reading your book. So I'll let you know her review later on. Hopefully positive. <laughs> And um, I think the other standout picture book for me this year was um, Gus Gordon, his book, um, Finding Francois. Geez, that's a beautiful book. Must admit, I haven't actually found a copy yet. Um, okay. But I did listen to an interview where um, they discussed it. Actually, I think it was... Was, like, was it Words of Nuts? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, and it, it's, it did sound pretty good. And um, yeah, the, the way he researches it and everything mm. like, yeah and that's why i find it fascinating speaking to you know authors of picture books because there's just so much to talk about and you know sometimes people think oh what's that to talk about a picture book but as we have talked about there's so many layers and so many so many different directions you can chat about yeah no definitely like um i've heard a few people say it recently i, I always love to see what the end papers are um in the picture book and um to see what yeah, there's a little subtle, and there's spot little subtleties, like your daughter's doing in uh, what, something weird about Lena. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's so many things you can look for. And you can keep reading them, you know, because they don't take very long. And you know, like you said, you can keep picking up the new things on each page, which I think is a really good skill for any age. Yeah, and hopefully, if they're because they are short, and hopefully, if they're good enough, uh, the parents won't get too sick of reading them to the kids. <laughs> as well. well, like I said, that that's turned the tables have turned here. Now I just sit and listen to her reading. It's great. <laughs> Living the dream. That's it. Now you have got many things coming out. I um I was surprised at how many things you've got coming out in twenty one and even twenty two. Can you tell us about any of them? Yeah, I can tell you about some of them. Um, 
some of them are top secret. I, mean, <laughs> I, 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 I emailed my publishers to ask what I could tell. Um, so my next book coming out is a um, fun Easter themed picture book. And that will be Just out in time um, for Easter, I'm assuming. Yeah, March 1st, <laughs> I believe. Um, so I'm really keen for that. And that's coming out with um, Scholastic Australia. So really looking forward to that one. But uh, now I've got a sequel to Vlad coming out the following month in April. And I've uh, seen all the illustrations for that. It looks fantastic. It's another bright one. Um, a lot of people have been asking me whether it's about his waxy years. It's not. <laughs> I read the title. Is it Love Not Dead or something? It's been changed actually now. Okay. It's, it's, now it's Vlad's in Love. But um, oh, okay. yeah, it's about basically a bit of a school romance. Lovely. The, our three favourite monsters. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that, that's out in April. Then uh, I've got another classic title in, I think, middle of the year around then. And then one of the first books I ever wrote um, got picked up um, by my other publisher, Larrikin House, um, earlier this year. And it's called Rory the Lion. Um, Rory spelled with a R-O-A-R. Yes. Uh, but um, yeah, so that's coming out in September. And I got the, the uh, black and white sketches for that last week. And I was um, so excited. That's incredible. Straight away went and showed my parents. <laughs> That's good. And I, I heard that you called your mum before this interview, so I like that too. Yeah, no, she's got to, got to get mum's permission and support for everything. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't think that ever goes away. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, now, if you have listened to this podcast, you'll know the question that I asked last, Rory, so I hope you're ready. What? Hopefully. I hope I'm ready too. Why do you write? Um, ooh, it's a deep question, isn't it? Uh, I write for heaps of reasons, really, but um, probably one of the bigger ones is to create things that kids will enjoy. But another reason is just to get ahead because I find, um, particularly since I started writing picture books, if I've got an idea in my head, it just stays there and it won't go away until I've at least attempted it. And a lot of time when I do attempt it, it doesn't work out. But, um, yeah, it's nice to get it out of the head and just um, on to the next thing. Um, but also, yeah, I really want to create books for kids. Um, kid, books for kids like myself when I was a kid and who didn't really enjoy reading um, and who, yeah, will just maybe pick up one of my books and um, then hopefully, hopefully fall in love with reading and not just my books but books in general. Plus, I want to make my parents – Oh, that's nice. I like that. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed Vlad's Bad Breath. My six-year-old is currently enjoying it upstairs. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've already read it to her. So it was, it was a good thing that she wanted to go and read it herself for a second time. So that's already a positive review. But I really, well, enjoyed, I really enjoyed our chat talking about picture books and inspirations and ideas. And I always love talking to people about the different things that they create. So thank you so much for joining Words and Nerds tonight to talk about your book, Blood's Bad Breath. Thank you so much for having me, Danny.